بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله الذي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات الوه وأكرمني بنور الفهم اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزائن علومك برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين. We discussed the issue of justice for Allah سبحانه وتعالى with respect to the differences of human conditions. Of course, when we were talking about Unit Two. And knowing different qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there also we had discussed the issue of justice. But here now, because of differences in human conditions, so we again address the issue of justice. And we said Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expects people to do uh, good with what they have been given. They are not expected to do uh, the same. Some people maybe have better situation, easier situation, some people may be more difficult situation. But based on what they have been given and the situation they are put in, they will be judged. And this is why we said that the most important thing is the efforts that one makes in order to bring good to his life or her life or other people's life. لا يكلف الله نفسا إلا وسعها You are asked to do what you can and then you would see the result of your efforts and uh, so far we said you know so far so we discuss about these issues now the next point and inshallah maybe we are able to finish unit three today is about discrimination there are Unfortunately, different types of discrimination found in history of humanity. Sometimes people based on ethnicity have discriminated against some other people. So, for example, those who were Arabs, they thought they are better than Ajam or non-Arabs. Or sometimes, for example, white people, they thought they are better than black people, for example. Uh, sometimes even to the extent that some races thought that they were the only human beings and other races are not human beings or not equal in humanity. Sometimes this has been a, uh, an issue of gender. So it's not about a race, it's about gender, for example. Uh, some people had the idea that women are not even human beings. Uh, in some cultures, they had this issue that human beings are not, uh, uh, do not include uh, women. This was unfortunately an idea in the West and there was a conference in uh, Europe about whether women are also possible to be considered as human beings or not. So sometimes a matter of race, sometimes it's a matter of gender, sometimes it can be a matter of belonging to a noble family. So not only 
people from other races would not be treated equally, but even people from the same race, if they don't belong to the same, for example, family. So there are different types of discrimination uh, found among human beings. What we find in the Quran is that there are differences between human beings. Differences in color, in language, in ethnicity, in gender, in geographical location. There are differences, for example, with respect to uh, which money they, which uh, family they belong, how much money they have. These are differences. And these differences are partly needed for human progress in this world. For example, if we were all the same, if we were all, for example, men or all women, we were not able to survive. Or if we were all looking the same, speaking the same, then we were not able to recognize each other. So there are differences which should not be taken as a sign of superiority or inferiority. These are differences just to add to the beauty of creation, add to the color of creation. We have colorful creation, we have diverse creation. And the Quran says, actually Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala planned this in order to help us better know each other. Not to fight each other, not to try to, for example, enslave each other, but just to know each other better. As you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhal nas, inna khalaqnaakum min dhakarin wa untha wa ja'alnaakum shu'uban wa qaba'ilah lata'arafu. O oh people, we have created you from a man and woman. Even if we were created not from the same father and mother, just the fact that we are created by the same Lord, the same Creator, should make us feel very close to each other. We are all under one Lordship. But on top of that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also to make us feel very close to each other and make us feel we are part of the same family. He has created us from the same mother and father, and that's Adam and Eve. Then we made you into tribes, into nations. Why? So that you know each other. Ta'aruf is from Baba Tafa'ul, which shows mutuality. You know them, they know you. So the idea was to know each other. Not that one is more honorable than the other. If you want to be more honorable, inna akramakum atqahakum. The ayah says, the most honorable of you among the human beings in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are those who are more pious. So these differences in uh, race or color is not to make someone better than the other or one nation or tribe better than others but there are other things that make you better than each other and that's piety in general we have always been saying that what makes a person 
better another, than another person is what that person has done, what that person has tried to achieve. Your taqwa, your moral qualities, your knowledge. Allah raises the people who have faith and then the people who have knowledge. This is what you can have. This is what you can achieve. Knowledge, taqwa, moral excellence. But my color is not in my hand. My skin color or I don't know, my gender, to which tribe I belong. These are not making anyone better than the other. So there are two points in this ayah. First, We have created you. It's our plan, our creation, that you are from the same father and mother. We made you into different nations so that you know each other. But the most honorable of you for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the sight of Allah are those who are more pious. Or for example, if you look at this ayah, which we have it in the book from Surah Al-Rum, Among the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, something that can lead you to knowing Him and acknowledging His design and His creation is creation of the skies and the earth this is in the general world and when it comes to humanity you have different languages and you have different colors this is a sign for us to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this there are signs for the people who have knowledge so it's the design of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, I had a lecture in Greece, in Athens, and if you are interested, inshallah, you can find it on uh, internet, uh, about diversity. So if you put diversity and my name, uh, inshallah, it would come. Or Athens, you can add. So in that lecture, I have explained how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has designed us, how he expected us to be united, but then we were divided. And then in order to bring unity to us, he sent prophets with messages to bring unity. But people, after accepting their messages, then started differing and disagreeing with respect to the messages. So they get, again, they were divided. And then I said, what was the response that humanity, or what were the responses that humanity gave to the prophets? And then what we should do with the people who have not responded to that messages, people who are not faithful, or people who fight against the message. So in that lecture, I have given a uh, framework and also a general discussion about diversity and differences of people and how you should treat people who differ from you, who disagree with you, even with the people, for example, who may not accept the message that you believe in, the Quranic idea is not that you fight them. So uh, please refer to that lecture and inshallah you will find that lecture useful. Uh,
I want to carry on with what is in the book so that inshallah we can finish this so I'm not going to expand more on this basically what we want to emphasize is the prophets treated human beings equally as far as their color or ethnicity are concerned as far as their gender are concerned or their age is concerned for example they were not against young people or against old people they were not against men or against women or they were not taking one side you know with favor one of the things that we find especially about prophet muhammad وسلم, was that he was in a society in which there was deep sense of ta'assub asabiya bias and you know bias is a big problem even the hadith says that if someone has the slightest amount of bias of asabiya then he would be treated like the people who were in the age of ignorance and jahiliya again i have a lecture about bias that maybe you can find in internet and i have explained different hadith and how bias can lead to losing one's faith of course this bias when there is ignorance becomes more because bias by nature originates from ignorance so among the educated people the expectation is that there would be less bias among the experienced people among the people who have wide range of exposure to the world the hope is that they would be less biased when you have dealt with different cultures different people different genders so the expectation is to be less biased but unfortunately there are people that have this very much established in their mindset so even if they have more education it's just to make sure that that bias is served so sometimes you see you know for example you know among the nazis there were people who were very educated but they had that bias but if someone with open mind studies educates himself or herself travels to all over the world meets people knows about their culture about their civilization about their morality so you would become more open to others you would be able to see the beauty in other cultures you would be able to appreciate this diversity that human beings have so we are different but this doesn't mean that we should use these differences as a sign of bias or discrimination so there is a discussion in the book about this with respect to uh, racism and it is mentioned how rasulullah sallallahu managed to bring people together not only arabs who were divided because they belong to different tribes and they used to kill each other for you know long time they were brought together but also arabs and non-arabs so arab tribes were united arabs and non-arabs were united and different nations then finally were united under the banner of islam you find among the companions of the prophet we had from Quraysh, we had from other tribes of Arab society. We had also Salman Farsi from Iran. We had Suhaib from the Romans. So we have Bilal Habashi from Ethiopia. So people 
were very close to each other, just being like brothers and sisters, without anyone being uh, given especially you know, favor or treatment because, for example, he belongs to a certain tribe and not being discriminated against because he belongs to a certain tribe or nation. Rasulullah used to say, O oh people, your God is the same, your father is the same, and you are all from Adam, and Adam was from soil. Why you are thinking that some are better than the others? You have the same father, the same material you are created from, which is soil, the same Lord, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Rasulullah said, whoever is more pious, whoever has more taqwa, he would be more honored by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no privilege for Arabs over Ajam or vice versa. Also Rasulullah said, if you are, for example, uh, red-skinned or black-skinned, you are not to be uh, treated with uh, inferiority. And you are not, if you are not black or yellow, you should not think you are better than them. The only thing which matters, the only thing which counts is taqwa. Imam Sadiq also quotes from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa If there is a slightest, if it is like, you know, khardar, very, very small particle of bias and asabiyya, on the Day of Judgment, the person who has this bias will be resurrected with the people who lived in the time of the Jahiliya, which is the era before Islam. So, Rasulullah not only welcomed this diversity, not only accepted to have companions from different backgrounds, but actually tried hard to change some of the bad norms of that society. For example, imagine Balal Habashi was a slave who had just been freed and he actually was not the person who had the most beautiful voice even when it comes to you know uh, some letters it is said that he had difficulty with uh, pronunciation of one of the letters still Rasulullah chose him as his Mu'adhin because Mu'adhin was very important role and Rasulullah chose Bilal he was the one who was calling for prayer, he was the one who was calling for any major meeting and everyone knew how much Rasulullah loved him. Some people, even after becoming Muslim, because they had those traces of asabiyya and bias, they were not happy with this. There is a story in the book that when Rasulullah said to Balal to go on the top of Kaaba, on the roof of Kaaba, after the conquest of Mecca and say Adhan, one person called Atab said, thanks to God that my father is not alive to see this today. So he was happy that his father died earlier and is not able to see this tragedy. What was the tragedy? For them it was a tragedy that a black person who used to be a slave is now being given so much respect that Rasulullah has chosen him as his Mu'addin and Rasulullah told him to go on the roof of the Kaaba and recite Adhan. So he says, I'm happy that my father died earlier and didn't see this. 
And another person called Haris ibn Hisham is quoted as saying, wasn't it possible for Rasulullah to find someone who would be better than this black, you know, bird? So it was like a, na'uzubillah, even not a human being. So this was the mentality that still had remained in some people's mind. And now you can imagine how it was before Islam. So it was a hard struggle for Rasulullah to establish this brotherhood when people had big differences in their treatment of other people. So this is about racism. The other issue is about gender. As I said in the beginning, in the introduction, people even in the West, they unfortunately had no respectful uh, treatment of women all the time. I'm not saying never, I'm saying it was not that all the time this was the case, especially when we go you know, towards the earlier history, we find that sometimes women in different cultures, it's not only about one culture, they were treated not with the same respect that men were treated. Even this was reflected in the way they treated their daughters they had more love for their sons than their daughters. And the Quran says that the people in the time of Jahiliyyah, they had reached a point. Of course, this was not something that was for all the you know, centuries, because otherwise they were not able to survive. But for some time, it had happened that they started killing their daughters. And according to some sources, the reason was that they were very ashamed of having their daughters being taken and arrested by other tribes when they had fights because they were you know fighting Fight, war was part of their life and sometimes you know when they were uh, winners they would have taken as captive the women of other tribes so in order not to have their women as a potential you know captives for other tribes they started killing their daughters and the Quran says that when they were given the news that you have been given a daughter child they were so angry that their face was becoming dark they were very angry and full of anger why I have been given a daughter and they used to kill them and bury them alive so this shows that even with respect to their daughters they were not necessarily kind with respect to their wives they were not always respectful and they treated their wives like objects and then the way you know they were treating you know mates so there was not that much respect for women but Islam came and said that men and women are all equal in humanity we have very exemplar men and also we have exemplar women even the Quran says Allah says even the wife of Pharaoh is an example, is a role model for men and women, not just for women. 
لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا For those who believe, the wife of Pharaoh is an example. And the next ayah, وَمَرْيَمَ بْنَةَ Imran. So Lady Mary is not just an example for women, she's an example for all human beings. So women can reach the point of becoming example and role model for all people. In Islam, we see that uh, how much Rasulullah respected his wife, Lady Khadija, his daughter, Lady Fatima, his mother, Lady Amina, even the mother who fasted her, Lady Halima. The love that Rasulullah had for Lady Khadija remained very, very strong even years after the demise of Lady Khadija Even Rasulullah was respectfully uh, treating in a special way the friends of Lady Khadija. Although Rasulullah was treating everyone with respect, but in a very special way, he was showing his love and respect to Lady Khadija by showing extra attention and love to the friends of Lady Khadija. The love that Rasulullah showed to his daughter, Lady Fatima to Zahra, as you know, is very, very special. He used to stand up completely when Lady Zahra was going towards him. For the people in that time, you know, this was not something that uh, was taken favorably. I'm not saying it's, it was not common. Not only it was not common, even it was not taken favorably, if you stand up before your daughter or before your wife, Rasulullah used to stand up completely when Lady Fatima Zahra was entering and going to see him. Rasulullah was always saying goodbye to Lady Fatima as the last one. And when he was coming back to Medina was the Lady Fatima the first person to meet. And so much emphasis about the love for daughters and how if you have been given a daughter, you have been given mercy by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how much you have to be grateful for having daughter. Anyway, this changed the mentality of people. But unfortunately, the traces of jahiliyyah remained in mind of some people. And sometimes this comes back. The way Islam treats mothers is very important. Just a few weeks ago, I had a lecture for uh, some sisters in London, and I mentioned some of the hadith about mothers. Although parents are very important, and Allah says in the Quran, Right after Tawheed and necessity of worshipping Him, Allah brings the issue of being kind to your parents. But again, between father and mother, we have many hadiths that shows that your respect for mothers, your love for mothers, your attention towards your mothers has to be more. You have to fully be respectful to your father. You have to love your father. But when it comes to the expression of love and respect, to the help, to the uh, benevolence towards your parents, mother have very special position. So, lots of hadith about mothers to the extent that we believe that it's not possible for a person who angers his father and especially his mother 
to expect prosperity in this world or felicity in the hereafter. And on the other hand, if you manage to please your parents, especially your mother, then you have, inshallah, great success in dunya and felicity in akhirah. As has been narrated, so please see the contrast. A society in which women were not treated as equal human beings was turned to a society in which mothers have such position, daughters such position, wives such position. And then when it comes to relation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we find that the Quran says every human being, whether men or women, can reach a high position with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, can have hayat a tayyibah, a blessed and pleasant and goodly life. Man amila salihan min dhakaran aw untha wa huwa mu'min falanukhiyannahu hayatan tayyibah. Whoever does righteous deed, whether it be men or women, while he has faith or she has faith, we will give them certainly hayatan tayyibah, a pleasant life which Allah says this is a second life, it's additional life, is not the ordinary life which is changed. No, it's a new life of a spirituality that you will be given, men or women. So there is no place for discrimination with respect to gender. Unfortunately, some people with their mindset, when they look at some of the rulings of Islam, they think this is a matter of discrimination. But if you want to understand whether Islam has any discriminatory ruling, you have to observe what I have said so far. And also you have to observe that you have to judge based on the moral framework of Islam. For example, if we said women are exempted from jihad, is this discrimination? No, it's not discrimination. As much as possible, women should not be asked and should not be, you know, expected to take part in battles. So this is not discrimination, it's a matter of protection. Even Rasulullah in a general way said, women should not be put into very difficult you know, situations. Even when it comes, for example, to work, they should be able to work, but if they like, and if the work is suitable, is not you know, tiring them too much, exhausting them too much, and especially is not against their modesty, against their you know, uh, peace, whether it be internal peace or external peace. So this is not a matter of restriction, it's a matter of protection. When you have a son and daughter and you want you know, to, for example, do something which might be risky, you would send your son, not your daughter, because you want to protect all your children, but especially your daughter. So there are some rulings in Islam that have to be understood within the same framework that Islam has chosen. So if, for example, we say women shouldn't take part in jihad, that's the reason. For example, according to many jurists, not all, according to many jurists, women are not expected to become judges, to judge is for men but even those juries who say this is not for women it's not because they don't believe women are human beings or equal in humanity or women are not intelligent it's a matter of big responsibility being 
kept away from women especially we know that the nature of judgment is something that for people who have strong emotions would be very difficult and exhausting you know imagine if you want to go into the lots of stories of murder i don't know fraud killing fighting espionage all these things that come up when you are in court is this good to put our women in this position and expose them to so much of stress and worries and bad and negative things even men are not happy to become judges and if they are really pious people they only would accept this as a duty no one would be willing to become a judge because this is not something you would volunteer yourself it's a big big responsibility there are many hadiths about the difficulty of being a judge and how many many people who are judges would not be able to go to heaven because they were not qualified or they were not doing you know judgment properly it's very difficult task so if we say islamically i'm not talking about other people other people may have different opinions maybe if they say you cannot become judge it's because they don't like you but islamically we say this is a big responsibility and therefore we only want to keep it to the uh, some men and not women because we don't want to take risk for our women we don't want our women to be too much exhausted emotionally so that they will not be able to take care of their own spirituality a spirituality of their children and family or for example when it comes to issues like inheritance again some people who do not understand the islamic point of view they think that this discrimination for example why a daughter inherits one portion and a son inherits twice not knowing that when a daughter inherits it's only for her but when a man a man inherits he would give his wife he would give his children a woman does not need to give to anyone it's only for herself so it's just for one person but when we give to a man he has to give to his wife and children or for example if a woman is killed then the money the blood money the compensation is given to a man who may have family or you know a woman who are you know uh, the people who are guardians and who receive but if a man is killed and we give this blood money we give it to his wife we give to his children so we give more to the wife of a victim than we give to the husband of a victim so because a wife without husband needs more care than a man whose wife has been killed this man has to work and can work but a widow who has lost her husband and has children needs more support so there are many issues that can be discussed one by one but in aqal we want to give you a general framework that there are differences in islamic legislations about men and women and there are similarities but none of them is because of discrimination if there are differences it's 
because we want to make sure that it's to the best interest of men and women and family and society and it's not a matter of who is better or who is worse. So this is about the issue of gender. Alhamdulillah we managed to finish unit 3 and inshallah we start from next session unit 4 which is about prophethood. The fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided humanity with guidance not only through our instincts but also through intellect, reason and revelation. And we'll talk inshallah more about revelation. What is the nature of revelation? What are different types of revelation? Who can receive revelation? What was the mission of the prophets? Whether there were differences or not? Why there were you know, different books, different uh, religious laws and so on and so forth. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين